of all, Julia Awar could not unsee an injustice, so she did something about it. Listen to her story of standing up to the powers that be. The village said she was doing a good thing and they would support her. Instead, when it mattered most, the village did not fulfill their promise. You are listening to the Africana Woman Podcast. I am your host, Chulu. Every week I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. Today's story is fascinating because of its surprising twists and turns. <laughs> Our storyteller is Julia War from Kenya whom I absolutely adore. She is someone who is a go-getter. She is so optimistic and she is also so wise. Julia is also a podcaster, which is how we met. And I can't wait for you to hear the story. However, first, I want you to recall Nokwanda Dlamini's episode where we talked about women in activism from how women can participate in activism to the pros and the cons of activism. This story is such a good example of what happens when an individual decides to make a difference in society. Please listen carefully and I will see you on the other side. Julia Award joins us from her beautiful country, Kenya, and her current most important role is being a mother of one of a very handsome young man, I must say. She is also a digital marketer and customer care professional. In 2020, Julia was bitten by the podcasting bug and is now the host of Just Being Real, Good Vibes Only by Julia Award Podcast. Having lost her job in 2019 at the worst moments of her life, she went on to rise up through it all. So Julia's ultimate goal is to become an inspiration to others and to live life to the fullest. I'm so excited to have her on the Africana Woman podcast. Please help me welcome Julia. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so excited being here. Yeah, so thank you for having me. Ah, so Julia and I met uh, online and I actually, what I really love about her is that she's somebody that goes after what she wants. She doesn't <laughs> wait for someone to say no, give her permission. She's just like, I, I think I like that. I think I want that. Yeah, let me go for it. <laughs> so she reached out um, on social media and we've just connected through since then. And I mean, I've listened to her podcast and I think it's amazing. You guys should go check it out. But today, because we are talking about activism and feminism, I really, really wanted to hear Julia's story from 2019. So Julia found herself um, directly impacted by an economic turn downturn um, in Kenya. And 
On 2nd October 2020, the management of her then employers, Sport, uh, Sport Pesa, I should I say that right, Sport Pesa, announced to the staff that 400 people would be relieved of their duties uh, at work. So they wouldn't have their jobs anymore in less than uh, 30 days. So, I mean, guys, can you imagine you woke up that day and you're just thinking, oh, it's just going to going to be another day and then suddenly there's a meeting and that's the news that you receive. Now, I wanted to just pick up the story from there, Julia. You know, um, from what I read, the decision um, to let people go had been looming for about three months or so. So what was the environment like in the office? And also give us some context to what was happening politically that would um, lead to, you know, uh, companies letting go of so many um, of their employees. Okay, thank you so much, Chulu. And yeah, I, I sometimes sit down and remember this moment and you know, it was the toughest time ever. So basically we had been running and everything was okay. And I remember even in 2019, we were actually taken on a holiday. <laughs> I'm looking at my memories today and all the pictures I'm getting were for back then when we had a very awesome time with the company and the team and the colleagues. And we were actually reminiscing about the whole experience. And yes, um, there had been rumors um, that Sportpesta is going to close down, but who are we? We were like, you know, <laughs> this cannot happen. Uh, Sportpesta is such a huge uh, deal uh, in Kenya, so there's nowhere it's going. And of course, uh, by then, there were companies that were closing down and uh, laying down their staff and everything, but uh, Sportpesta wasn't necessarily going down because of that. There was more to eat, something we've never really understood. So I wouldn't go into much detail about what happened, but there was just something totally different. But of course, uh, my friends, some of them had lost jobs and uh, you could hear someone telling you, oh, my cousin lost a job. Or you, we could actually see in the news, like you, 200 employees have been laid off from Barclays Bank, uh, from... Um, the food service industry and you're wondering, okay, what's going on, you know? So things really got tight. And by that time, you never really think much that it would get to you. Um, so I never put much uh, into, you know, what was going on and everything. But of course, whenever you're told someone has lost a job, you, you're like, okay, that is bad because I've gone through that before. Uh, though it wasn't like a company closed down or anything, I just decided to quit, but I was jobless for a whole year. So I could imagine or I could put someone else in, you know, I could put myself, sorry, in someone else's shoe and be like, no, I wouldn't want anyone, even the worst of your enemy, to go through that. So when it hit home, um, we were shocked and we were in denial. So the company kept us for three months running with salary, but there was nothing going on. We were not working. So the only thing we would get to work, we would just assure our customers, but don't worry, um, Sportpesta will be back. Um, we'll be up and running soon. It's like giving them false hope. <laughs> 
and it was crazy and it you know but at the same time we were so hopeful you should have seen us we were so hopeful that we were not going down and i remember when it happened now when we finally got the news that things are going the way they were going there's a, one of our colleagues who had a birthday so she invites us and we decide okay let's go have fun <laughs> And we go and we are having fun, you know, that was post-COVID, you know, we don't remember those moments anymore. <laughs> so we go down, we, we, have, we are having fun. At around 12, the, an email comes in. And I don't know what one of our colleagues was doing, but there was just someone <laughs> looking at their emails at that time. And they decide to tell us, like, you know what, Julia, a customer, uh, sorry, sport person is going down. And I remember everyone just went mute. Personally, I was uh, hysterious. I was just um, crying and I didn't know what, like a lot of things were going through my mind. And the party just came to an end. I remember we hadn't even eaten cake. No one wanted cake. And we just sat and we were just holding each other. At some point we were outside the the establishment where we were in, just crying, like we're holding each other and crying. And I remember a friend of mine, the husband came for her and she was like, uh, she, she was like, we can't leave her here. So the husband told her, okay, let's go with her because I don't know what came over me. I couldn't stop crying. So we went home and everything and just everything became clear. So the following day we were told to go to the office to get our letters and um, of course, that's the moment that it hits you like, okay, it's over. This is done. And we wake up in the morning and um, actually, no, that was on a Friday. We were told to go for our letters on a Monday. So of course, you have you have a whole weekend of just trying to figure things out, of everything just, you know, seeming like it's a lie, it's a dream. Maybe something will happen and you'll be told, no, you, you know, you were just dreaming or... Nothing of the sort is going to happen. And uh, on Monday, we had to work and the letters are given out. And this now dawns on you like, okay, wow. So once we get we got our letters, I, at some point, of course, everyone is just speechless. So we couldn't even talk much. So we decided to go home. There's nothing else we would have done. And then on our way home, I decided to record a video. I was feeling like... Um, it was so unfair. Julia, just before that, yeah, when did you have um, the meeting? Because I saw a recording of you having a meeting. There was like a a crowded room and then um, there was a gentleman, you know, speaking to the crowd and, um, you know, bearing that news. When was that? So that was on a Monday. The Monday when when you had to go and get the paper? Yes. Okay. So we actually went and mm-hmm. we were briefed of what was going on. And then mm-hmm. and now they say, they told us, you know, we can't keep you anymore here because, you know, you've been coming to work and there's nothing going on, but we've been paying you. You understand? And that was mm-hmm. so good of them because anyone would have, you know, just decided, okay, I'm done with you people and there's nothing I can do about it. You just have to go home. But they kept us for three months with full mm. pay. Mm. That was just awesome. So, so um, 
when you were so you were hysterical when you first heard the news and you know I mean to paint the picture for everybody you're a single mom um, you are the primary um, provider for your son and you know we've got bills you've got your nanny you've got all these different um, things to think about so you know to hear that on Friday and then have to sleep with it Saturday, Sunday, then Monday, you're sitting in that room. What were you feeling at that moment? For me, it was the hardest time ever because I don't know, at that point, I always felt like um, I've gone through worse situations. And at the moment I got a job that was a bit stable, that was well-paying and everything was just running smoothly. And then boom, it's all over. So I was questioning God and asking, why me? Why does it keep happening and everything? Um, So the fear that was there with me is because I've lost a job before. Okay, I quit because the conditions were getting bad and worse. (laughs) And... uh, I was jobless for a whole year. So I quit without having a plan. And yeah, it bite me so hard. And I was jobless for one year, having a child, you're paying a nanny, you're paying rent. And it was tough. At some point, I had to to take my child home because I couldn't be able to keep them here. And I took everything. Actually, I moved with my everything and took them home. And I came back and was just hoping from one friend to another. So so when you say home, just to clarify, you mean that to your parents' home? Yes. So I took, uh, I took my son and the nanny to my mom's place. And it's like a one hour, 30 minutes, right? So, um, of course, when you take your child home, at first your, your mother is worried because they think you're going to dump them. And that's it. But that that's not Julia. So, of course, I came back to Nairobi. I was staying with my friends. I was doing all kinds of odd jobs. At some point, I remember I was doing activation for clubs where you go and try and sell alcohol to people. You know, you dress up on those short dresses. <laughs> and it was terrible because I'm not a flat. And for you to be able to do such a job, you need to flat. And I remember uh, most of the time when ladies would be called out and be like, um, come, we have another opening for you. I was the last one to be called because I wasn't bringing in sales. So you can imagine how crazy that was. But at the end of the day, I, I managed to do one and two, three jobs here and was able to pay my nanny and actually do shopping for mom. So she was always wondering, oh, are you okay? But at the same time, in Nairobi, I wasn't eating. <laughs> I would buy my bread and um, make a strong tea, drink and sleep. So at some point, I became so thin. I am very tiny in person, but now you can imagine becoming more tinier. That was crazy. And at some point, um, I was getting a CDT, and uh, that's when it dawned on me like I need to do something. So the beautiful thing is I was able to meet a friend of mine who was in HR. You know, networking and everything. And uh, we used to be with her in high school. And she told me, yeah, I work in a customer care kind of setup. Would you be interested? And of course, before I had prior, I had been in customer care for three years. So, of course, I had the experience. 
So she just told me, you know what? I'll give you a chance to go for the interview. I can do more than that. So it will depend on you. And I remember the interview day, there were so many people, but I said, I'll do this. And I went there. I, 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 I don't watch football. I don't know any sport. I'm not a fan, actually. But I did my best. And I remember I was so honest. I'm very honest, um, generally. I was like, you know, I don't know anything about football. Do you think that might hinder that? And in my mind, I was like, what are you doing? What if she says no? But she was like, oh, that's awesome. You actually said it. But she told me, uh, of course, there are systems. You'll be trained. Plus, you'll have to sit for an exam. So you're trained. After you pass for the interview, you're trained. You sit for an exam and then you're absorbed, depending if you have passed. And of course, I was able to pass and so many people never made it through. And it was such an amazing time for me. So, of course, now you've gotten a job and it's an amazing job and you're having fun. Remember, I was jobless. I had so many um, debts with people sometimes and I had to take time to pay off these debts. And then all of a sudden it's gone when I'm just starting to settle in. And I was like, why? So that was the hardest time for me. I hope I've answered your question. <laughs> no, you have. I mean, yeah, yes. you, you really have described that. So then you decided, so you, you, you received the information from management and then um, were given a letter to say that by the end of the month you were being released. Um, and then you're, as you're, you decided with your workmates that, you know, you're just going to go home for the, the day. So when you're walking away, um, you recorded a video. Now, as I understand it, um, you were sharing your frustrations with friends on a WhatsApp uh, <laughs> chat. And then one of your friends um, decided, it was a video, right, that you shared. And one of your friends decided to share it on Twitter. And then it went viral. So tell us about that. So yeah, I remember we were walking home I was with my uh, same colleague friend we were with on the night of uh, when we get we got the email. And I remember telling her, can we record a video? And she was like, no, you know, I don't like videos and everything. <laughs> I was like, fine. I'm just feeling, I was feeling frustrated. I was having the letter in my hand and I don't know why I was still in the denial. Like, this is just not right. Maybe they'll recall us back or something. And then I thought of just doing a rant. and. My rant was, you know, when we did our, our elections and everything and we had new leadership coming in, everything just was deteriorating day by day, you know, um, other than life getting expensive, other than um, the business environment getting so harsh. So, so many people would not be able to thrive when it comes to business, even uh, you like when you're having friends who uh, who are running their own things, they will tell you like it's tough out here. Uh, either when you want to start, there's so many um, licenses that you need to pay for. Once you've paid and established a shop, there's uh, the city council that comes in. There's the government. There's tax. There's just so much, and uh, it was just getting out of hand. And everyone was feeling the pinch at that time. So of course, when the business environment is not friendly. Who else suffers? It's the employees. Because if a company has to close down, then it means we all go down. And now with 
so many people claiming they're losing jobs. And now here you are, you're wondering where you're supposed to go look for a job. And <laughs> you've been living like uh, hands to mouth. You don't even have that enough saving to actually go open a business. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. You know, um, when I joined, I'm, I'm a very good saver. And I decided, of course, to open, um, to join, sorry, uh, the circle for the company. And I was there and I was saving out diligently, never took a loan. Then I think it was 2019, beginning of 2019, a colleague of mine approaches me and tells me he wants a loan and he wants a guarantor. And of course, I'm thinking we're not going anywhere. So I sign. And in the process, during in the midst of everything, he even topped up without even us being told. So I lost money through that. So I'm even wondering, I'm not even able to say I can start up something. I'm not in a position to. So where am I headed to? Am I going to stay again for a whole year just like that? Or what's going to happen next? So that was everything that was running in my mind. And now I'm putting myself into the shoes of everyone who, who's now lost a job. Of course, they are also worried as I am. So I take my phone out, I record. And I remember it wasn't even clear because there was so much noise, there were my tattoos going past. And I sent it to the WhatsApp group. And everyone is like, oh, this is nice. Oh my God, this is nice. You know, guys, should we fight for our job? Should we, you know, should we do something? Like, I feel like we're giving up and maybe there's something we can do. But everyone was like, who is going to do a <laughs> revolution? Everyone is always scared, you know? So that conversation just ended there. And I remember I went with my friend to town and we decided to go eat lunch. So we sat down, ate our lunch. And then the husband again came for her. I don't know, they felt like I was not okay, so they were really <laughs> trying to be there for me because they would make sure I'm home. They would call me, are you okay? I remember there's a day they even took me out and bought me lunch and brought me back home. And I thank them for that. I thank them so much for that. Huh? They were really a support system at that time. So um sorry i lost my <laughs> my flow but anyway so okay we ate lunch with her now the husband came for her now we're headed back i come home and then when i get home i realized i left my charger in their car and my phone is at five percent and you know the the type c <laughs> kind of charger you can't even borrow so i decided okay let me sleep plus there's so much going on i just wanted to just sleep so it's like okay this will mean no one will call me asking me questions or anything. So I sleep. And in the morning, I wake up because now I slept early. I woke up so early. So I switch on the TV and guess what I find? There's news going on and my, there's my video and there's a hashtag. I lost my job. Save my job. And I'm like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Like when you turned on the TV, that's, yes. that's when you saw like, oh my God, Jesus. Yes. Okay. I know. <laughs> I'm here shocked. I don't have my phone. I it's like I know nothing. I go around asking for a charger. No one is no one has a charger that is compatible to my phone. And I decide, you know what? Thankfully I know where she lives. I I, I remember I didn't even take a shower. <laughs> Let me be honest. I just dressed up, rushed out of the house, and I was in her house. She's like, what are you doing here? 
oh no, when I got in, she was like, have you seen your video? I'm like, I'm just seeing. My my phone was off. And of course she knew I had left my charger with her. So she's there telling, uh, showing me the video. I'm so nervous. I want to put my phone on and everything. And the moment I put my phone on, the number of calls, the n- missed calls, you know, the number of messages, I'd, call, I'd even missed calls from uh, media houses. I'm like, where did they even get my number? You know? That's what I was going to ask. I'm like, how do the media even like find you? Like, how do they get hold of you? I, I, I think they call maybe my colleagues. I know. <laughs> So here I am, I'm wondering what to do. It's a shock at the same time. I don't know what to do about it. And in a few like minutes, I'm being told, hi, Julia. Now that's the office calling me. And they're like, um, the guys from the BBC who wants to interview you, can you make it to the office in the afternoon? Actually, I was to go to work, to go to work in the afternoon because we worked in shifts. But they were like, don't worry, today you have you don't have to join work. So you just come, you'll do the interview and go home. <laughs> we understand it's crazy. And I had to rush home again, uh, take a shower, go to work. And I'm there and I remember having cameras and microphone and I'm wondering, oh God. <laughs> so I do the interview and then I go home. Um, then my, um, now my bosses took over because you see, I know when you're in the social, let me say, in the social spaces and there's everyone and you have all this attention, you, it's, it's your moment to either break it or make it. <laughs> so you don't also want to give too much and you're afraid of also what you're um, giving out and speaking about. So, of course, I, I needed guidance. I'm one person who's very keen on that, so I would call whenever I get a, uh, maybe a call from a media house and be like, should I do this interview? And how do I go about it? What do they, or do I tell them not to ask? Because I didn't want to go into what had happened with Sportpesa because we really didn't know. We were in the dark, okay? And people, everyone had their own story. Everyone had uh, their own uh, version of what happened. So, yeah, so I was very careful when it comes to that. But it was overwhelming, let me tell you. Very. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. I found that very interesting that, you know, your uh, company did support you. But I think, like you said, you know, um, managing the the public relations um, side of that is probably why. Um, I know, you know, and I know you, you did interviews. Um, you started a petition. Um, I wanted to find out about the march, which was on October 9th, and it was uh, called the Unemployed March. Was that something that you initiated or you were um, asked to be part of it? Oh, you've done your, <laughs> your side there. You've done your research, I can see. <laughs> All right. Oh, that much. Now, you see now, uh, the hashtag had gone up. Hashtag I lost my job. Hashtag I saved my job. And so many youths joined in. You know Twitter, of course. And everyone was giving their stories. Some were recording videos. So everyone was up, you know. Now it's like a revolution was happening on Twitter. And uh, I remember by then, remember it it wasn't only Sportpesa that was closing down. We had other betting companies that were also affected. So we joined in a few of us uh, from different betting companies 
And we decided, can we try something? You know, there's a lot going on. And you, as you can tell on Twitter, everyone is, is going through something when it comes to this. So we decided to plan. And yeah, we planned, even came up with placards and banners. It was a lot of work. And now for me, I had, I think, uh, like contact uh, uh, numbers for most media houses, actually all media houses. So of course. Right, right. At your fingertips. But okay, first of all, let's, let's just give people a timeline. You guys are fast. <laughs> Can we just talk about this? Because you received this letter on the 2nd of October. On the 3rd of October, you woke up and suddenly your face is on the news. On the 9th of October, you're having a match. And I was just like, Yo. <laughs> you guys are fast. Okay, go ahead. I guess it's just hitting the road while it's still hot or something, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, at that time, you get calls from every corner. Your phone is always buzzing. Sometimes you even get worried, like, okay, <laughs> you know, you might get into trouble. Actually, I remember I used to get even uh, calls and messages on my DM from guys and Kenyans from the US and they're like encouraging me, like, whatever you're doing is amazing. Keep doing it. You know, um, some of them would share their story of how their relatives are jobless and they're the ones who are supporting them and how hard it is, you know? So um, we decide now to do the whole <laughs> um, match and it was tough because getting licenses was hectic. And of course, at some point we got a license and then it got revoked just a day before the match. Actually, it was in the, it, it was in the morning of the match. <laughs> What's that about? Just, so you, you actually had the license in your hands, right? Yes. And then, and then you got like then, someone got a phone call like, uh, "Sorry, yes, uh, you can do this. Okay. You just can do this." Then what happened? But, <laughs> but who are we? We decide. You know what? <laughs> we have all this thing going on. We have to do it. So the initial plan was for us to go around Nairobi town doing a match, just a peaceful match with our banner with the same hashtags, and then. Um, there's a place in town where, where we were now to, you know, uh, once we are done, we assemble and maybe talk to the media houses and then now everyone disperses. But of course, when you're in Kenya, you get worried because there's never, there's never like something like a peaceful match. <laughs> something always happens. So we were anticipating anything. So when the license was revoked, we were like, okay, now... Uh, we don't have to do that much. Let's do this. Let's just go to where we were to assemble last, <laughs> which was Uhuru Park. It's just a park where people go and chill and everything, and it's in the middle of town. And yeah, we go there. And of course, I call the media houses. Hey, <laughs> can you come through? And now we're there. How many people came through? Like, not the media houses, just like people to support. Now, let me tell you the unfortunate dates. Kenyans are good on Twitter and are keyboard warriors. They will write on social media, trust me. And they will tell you how they're going to support you. But trust me, on their day, on their day. Oh my goodness, we were shocked. But we were like, I think, um, at least I can say we got to 50 around there. Friend, that's a lot. Okay. But let me tell you, we had we had a Telegram group and it was full. It was full. 
<laughs> and everyone was telling us we are behind you. Julia, we're behind you. On social media, everyone is like, on my DM, Julia, we are behind, we are come, we are going to do this. Mm. Okay, yeah. so you show up at Uhuru Park and you have 50 of you, yes. you call the media, and then what happens? The media houses never disappoint, of course. So they come through and we're there, we are ranting, uh, we, address, that we are addressing them and everything, and everything is going well. I, I, uh, fortunately for me, I had done already my address to the media houses. Now I was waiting for a friend of mine to do it because, of course, we had been given allocations like you, you'll talk about this, you talk about this and everything. And she's there talking and all of a sudden, they're just police everywhere. And all of a sudden, they steer gas. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh my God. I, the only thing I remember, at some point, my spectacles fell. Someone stepped on them. I am blind. I'm wondering where to go. It was crazy. But the good thing, I didn't run with the most of the crowd. Now, like most of the crowd ran in one direction. That was a wrong move. Some of us ran uh, towards the road, like the highway. So here I am, my specs are broken. I'm not even seeing, I'm almost near the road. I was even thinking, wow, what if there was a car or something? And now my pal just came and held me. I don't know where she came from. She came, held me, and we just walked, we went uh, through town. So okay, we went, start, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Wait, 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 wait. We're still on the match. We're not even. We're not done yet. So me, I watched this. I've watched the video, huh? And I saw policemen shooting. And I'm going to be uh, ignorantly. I will ignorantly assume that the police were shooting blacks, right? Mm -hmm. But in that moment, Julia, in that moment, because you know, because I just kept hearing. I'm just like me. Who's watching? Two years later, like. You know what I mean? What was happening through your mind? You, you know, we're both single mothers because I'm just like, okay. And then, you know, I also saw like the policemen, policemen were like dragging, you know, people away forcibly and they were shouting at the crowd and girl, you're making it sound cute. Explain. <laughs> Let me tell you the confusion that happens at that time I don't even think you see the commotion. But once you watch it later, you're like, wow, this happened. Because at that time, your eyes are itching from the tear gas. You're not seeing where you're going. Now my specs have fallen. And I don't think I was even thinking much. But later on, I was like, what was I thinking? Did I even think through? What if anything happened? You know, there's a lot that happens. But you know, at that time, you, you know, you're like, I, you're just hoping they'll want to hear your voices because this is something that is affecting so many people. But unfortunately, as it seems, they don't care. They don't care at all. And let me tell you, making it worse, we were given a media blackout. Nothing was run on news. What? How? Yes. Total so media like that video clip that I saw, where, where did that come from? Those ones were people posting and actually these small media houses that are not the conventional mm -hmm. ones, the ones that are on social yeah. media. 
Yes. But uh, the major ones, let's talk of KTN, Citizen, a Nation, mm-hmm. nothing. Blank. Can we I give say something, a yes. Black hour. You know what? Like in the videos, I must say that despite all of the commotion that was going on, you could tell that the, the media were just going to stay and record it. You know, they were not scampering <laughs> because everybody else was scampering. But the media was like this, you know, camera on on the action. Like someone is being dragged. We're going to make sure that this is recorded. That's, you know, someone is shooting there. We see the person that's shooting. And I mean, I just want to say to people that are in the media, you know, hi, I really, really do admire the work that you do. And... I mean, there's, there's only so much you can do also at the end of the day, you know, you have to do your job and then um, hope that it's going to come out. Um, the truth will come out as it is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if going through those things, those kind of challenges is part of their curriculum or something because ah, those guys... <laughs> And unfortunately, you see, at the end of the day, they were not allowed to post this out. So I felt like, okay, it's like they did nothing at the end of the day. So sad. Yeah, we have to admit they do an amazing job. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this. Um, the a friend of mine um, who I also interviewed, and she, you know, she was talking about the same topic. Nokwanda says that there's a lot of people that are fence sitters, right? So people who don't actually do anything, people like you said, they didn't show up. They were like, "Oh, we got you, we got you, girl." And then when it comes to the actual thing, people don't actually show up. But for you, what made you show up? What made you say that despite you know, I'm the only caregiver of my child. I'm the one that's paying all his bills. You know, I'm I'm a single mother, but you know what? Despite that, I'm still going to show up. What made you decide to do that? So for me, um, at first when I was doing the initial video, of course, I didn't think much. I was talking about myself and putting myself out there in, in the show of those who are going through the same predicament and everything. And when now this opportunity of doing a match came up, I was like, yeah, I think it's time of us not just doing complaints on social media or just doing videos or just writing down our, uh, our, our events online. I think this is a good opportunity to just speak out so that we see that something will happen at the end of the day. Or maybe the youths out there, as much as they did not come, maybe they can see actually the repercussions of the people they get to elect and give this state. And I don't know if it really sinks in because I really don't think so. The way I'm seeing things happening now, um, and it is a sad affair. But I think for me, I took it as a chance to just represent and be a voice to those who cannot because you see, not everyone can come out and say, you know what, I don't have a job, you know, uh, save my job or do this and everything. But this had given me an opportunity, so why not? So, and maybe expecting change in a way, though I wasn't so hopeful, but you know, maybe someone internationally will see it and maybe just something will happen, just being hopeful at the end of the day. So that's the reason why I did it. But 
at the same time, you're always like, wow, what if something happened to me? What about my son now? You know, of course, that also crosses your mind. Yeah. So from this entire experience, what have been your takeaways? So my takeaway is, um, I think sometimes we get comfortable. Like, for example, for us, we we, we thought um, what Pesa was at this level and nothing's going to happen. We get comfortable a lot, but I've gotten to a point where I'm no longer comfortable. It's like I'm wait, I'm always ready for anything, you know, in terms of how you do your things, in terms of how you network and learning skills, because look at it this way. Even if some people never lost their job when companies were closing down, look at COVID. COVID came in and there were jobs that we thought you know, nothing can ever touch them, you know, um, there's a pilot, there's, you know, <laughs> so many things. And then COVID happened and now everyone is actually losing jobs. So it means no one is safe at the end of the day. So what are you doing about it? Are you learning new skills? So for me, um, I'm a very, I was a very shy person. I'm, I was never a talkative person. So for people, for my classmates or people I went to school with in primary and high school know me. And when they saw the, my video, they're like, no, this is not you. <laughs> but uh, the, the opportunity I got going in for interviews and, you know, you have to compose yourself. It's not easy. And sometimes you wonder, am I going to say the right thing? And there's always being, you know, you're being nervous and everything. I, I guess it gave me a different perspective into things. And I remember when I was doing the interviews is when people kept telling me, Julia, you know, you actually have a nice voice. Like you should be in the media houses, you know, you should be a presenter and stuff. And of course I was like, mm, you know, <laughs> I would never do something of the sort. And uh, that's when I think my uh, journey for starting podcasting was a, it kind of it, it ignited something in me, but I re really never took it serious. So in the process, I also learned when I would sometimes do videos and I would want to post them, but of course I wouldn't post them because they were too um, like you know you don't you never know when the government will be at your door saying you know you're the one inciting people we're here for you. And I remember I even got a warning on my social media in my DM. So I was like, by the Wait, way, this space. From who? Just a random person. And when you go to check their page, there's nothing. Yes. You know, in Zambia, we call, um, okay, I shouldn't be saying it. It's okay. I'll leave that comment. <laughs> I know you better be saying <laughs> You don't know this. So you got a warning. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you see, those are the things that made me like, you know, sit back and be like, you know, Julia, uh, your life is more precious than all this. And you know, the people you're trying to fight for, uh, to fight for are doing nothing and are not supporting you. So yeah, to, to hell with them. In some way I said that. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. And I have a child I have to fend for. So, you know, we're not doing this. So um, I remember I, I was stressed for some time, for like a whole month. I would come sit in my house, no lights, just sit. I'm not thinking anything. Sometimes I'm crying. Sometimes I'm not. 
because I just don't want to think about it. And I would sleep in, wake up, my house was a mess. And most people had like know me to be an outgoing person. Like if it's a weekend, I'll even tell my friend, you know what, I'm bored in the house. Let me come visit you. We hung out. But I was here just sleeping, sitting in my carpet. And there's nothing in particular I'm even thinking about. At some point, I had to pull myself up. And yeah, I, I guess it, it's a tough, it's a tough time. It is a tough time. But I wish Kenyans would support on the ground as they do on social media. There's a lot that we can do together that we can fight for. Yeah. And it would yeah, better our lives, but we don't do that. But tell me about, because I know Black Twitter. Black Twitter isn't positive all the time. <laughs> you know, you've got those people who are going to be against you and all of that kind of stuff. What, what was your experience like? Oh my goodness. Let me tell you. That's even the time you also get to know your friends also. But from social media, um, the people who are bashing or... Because unfortunately, I didn't like the point where the media houses would insist on a single mother. I sometimes hate that term. And unfortunately, on that video, it came out. But they were insisting on that part, single mother. And everyone would be, some people would be like, how many, do you know how many single mothers are out here and are thriving and, you know, they're doing their own things. Why don't you start a business? That was another, <laughs> that was another angle people are coming out with. And I was like, you know what? People forget if I start a business, I'll hire people, right? So what if we all decide we're all doing our own businesses? which is not something that is not possible. It's okay if you, you have an idea and you have a passion for something and you're able to run a business, but do not judge other people who are employed, the people who are thriving in employment because they're good in that space. So we should never judge that, oh, you see your, friend ha your friends have a business, you don't have anything going on for you. You know, circumstances are different. You walk in different shoes. Yeah, so I would get that, and I, I remember there was a group I was in, and a lady came and told me that you know what, Julia, you should think business. And you know, sitting down, I'm like, okay, she sells bags, and she does it online at the comfort of her home, and she has a husband who is paying her rent and everything else. So you can't compare my situation to her, and her coming out and telling me that I felt like. It was so insensitive in some way, but you know, what do you do? I think sometimes you just have to develop a thick skin, but you feel it and it's okay. Sometimes people will tell you things and they will hurt, but the problem comes in when you keep persisting on thinking about what they say instead of now forging on and doing your best and just, you know, moving on. <laughs> so I got really crazy remarks. Uh, and I, at some point, I had to just never read the comments, yeah, because it was too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, fortunately, I, I must share with the audience, your story did turn for the better, and you are now employed, and your son is thriving. I love seeing his pictures. Um, so I think just to round off this conversation, I, I, I would love to hear from you. What would you say to 
women who have experienced an injustice, but they are afraid to speak up or do anything about it. Okay. So I always believe in the power of speaking. And I think even with the birth of my podcast, it was like an avenue for me to, you know, vent, to talk. And I think it's very important because so many people are going through difficult times and are just locked up somewhere. And, you know, that can eat you up. And that's why most people are ending up into depression and a lot of things are just going on. And I think another thing is um, when you're alone and you're thinking there's no one I can fall back to, sometimes you also get desperate and that's that's how sometimes you'll find women. Because um, I remember one of the comments was like, you know, go get married. You know, get a husband who will take care of you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's the only solution people can think of, you know. But uh, always what I tell people is not to give up. And that's why and I started the podcast to just share my story and other people's story to see that we all go through stuff. We have all the ups and downs because I've seen a lot of people right now, even the young people, yeah, getting anxiety and near depression because they have pressure to be successful as a 50-year-old who has had, you know, a 30-year career and built themselves, you know, and they don't realize there was much more behind if, he came out and gave out his story, you'll know there's more to it, you know? So they want to do shortcuts. They want to do um, easy way of getting money, which is totally wrong. So for me, I would say it's just pushing on and being level-headed. So for me, I'll say what hap- happened is I'm a very vocal person. I'm a very friendly person, so I network a lot. So in the process, I got a call And someone told me, Julia, uh, there's an opportunity, but it's only for a month. And you're going to be a reliever, a receptionist reliever. I've never been a receptionist. And of course, receptionist is one of those roles you're like, it's for those people who haven't gone to school, you know. (laughs) That's the kind of mentality always people have. And sometimes you'll see how people uh, interact and treat receptionists. And it's saddening, you know. So I was like, okay, wow. But and then again, my worry was: so you want me to to go for a month, get some, get money for a month, and then get come back home and sit again and start looking? Would I take this job? And I remember when I was calling my friends around, some were like, "You know, if you go there and you got uh, called for an interview, you won't even be able to get a permission to go." You know, that's very uh, crazy so I don't know so at some point I was just thinking a lot but I decided you know what it's better than just getting stressed in the house so let me go and with me whenever I get an opportunity I do my best so you see like the way you're always given a role and you have your JD so this is what you're supposed to do it's all written I really don't stick to those and I also try and check now this is the opportunity I've been given is there a better way or approach that would make my work much easier? So I gave them suggestions that really worked. And I remember I could get to work by 7 a.m. I'm supposed to report by 7.30, but I was there by 7 a.m. 
And every time my boss would get in, she would find me there. Sometimes she would ask, you know, I always feel like you sleep here. Because <laughs> she comes early. <laughs> and I think those are the things that stood out. And I remember when I got in, I work in an ice cream company. And I noticed, wow, I love this product. And but of course, I was, I was using, using the product before I came in. But they're not doing much to create awareness out there. So that's one of the comments I gave out. And I will tell you this for a fact. That's 2020. I moved three positions from receptionist to customer care to digital marketer. And I have learned a lot. And then I, I don't want to talk much because it's my current job, you know. <laughs> but let me tell you, if, if you ask me, there are things they would ask me like, Julia, can you do this? And clearly, I know I can't, but the power of social media, we've been given all the documentations and research on Google. Julie would go there, do her best research, and trust me, everything I put out there has worked for me positively. And I thank God for that. So that's why I said, as much as things happen, let's learn new things. Let's learn new skills so that when you lose one, you just switch and, you know, move to something else. I think it's important. So I thank God for that. And yeah, we are pushing on. And of course, my podcast, yo, how do I forget? So my podcast was born out of now me moving from the re being a reception to customer care. That was a miracle for me. You know why? Because they had told me um, they don't have any opening, but because they've seen my work, in case something comes up, they'll call me up. So I'd gotten done, I had finished my one month, I had handed over, and then someone decided to quit. And that's how I got that role. So for me, it was a miracle. So that's how my podcast was born. And now COVID had hit. So many people, again, were losing jobs left, right, and center. And you'd come and just put on news and it's just the same things every single day. And I remember I just sat down and uh, one day in my, on my carpet and I'd been listening to podcasts before. And I just, you know, the way uh, digital works, whenever you do, maybe you listen to podcasts and everything, they'll bring in adverts surrounding that. So they'll bring you adverts of... Um, you know, do you want to record a podcast or something? Use this app. So the other day I just decided to uh, download an app. And that day I decided to try it out. So I put in my earphones. I actually used earphones. I vented and I vented. Then I came out and said, you know, I believe things happen for a reason. Personally, I don't believe what's going on in my life. But, you know, I want to tell everyone who's going through the same predicament that I went through that it is able to rise up. And I remember I put it out there. I stayed with it for one, I think one or two weeks without posting. And then I decided to post. And it put over 100 plays. I was like, okay. And everyone was telling me, Julie, you know what? You have an amazing voice. You should continue, you know? And I, I, I loved that support. And that's how it was born. So it, it turned one year last month. So yeah, <laughs> to one year. <laughs> Lovely. Excellent. Um... Okay, this there's so much that I've taken from this conversation. 
Um, I mean, like you said, you know, people thrive in different ways. There's some people that are absolutely fine with being, um, you know, entrepreneurs and the boss, but then not everyone can be the boss. There are people that have to be the employees, otherwise they won't have a company, you know. And um, to invalidate people's experiences just because, you know, they're not... uh, they don't thrive as you know as the leaders of companies is is quite wrong and i mean i must say this to people that have okay let me put it this way i think that you know as women we need to be able to stand up for ourselves your experience is you are literally taking on the government but we're not saying take on the government you don't necessarily have to do that <laughs> <laughs> you are thrown into it. You didn't even choose it, first of all. <laughs> you just woke up and found that, you know, that had happened. But I think as women, we really need to be able to stand up um, in our own sphere of influence, in our own spaces. So even if it's your family, are you able to, um, are you able to have a voice and voice what your needs are? If it's your workspace, if something is wrong and something isn't right for you, are you able to speak up about it? Whatever spaces you find yourself in, you should be able to say to, to speak up and say this is wrong. At the same time, guys, show up. If we can start small, maybe when Julia calls for us to come for the big thing, it will <laughs> end up going. <laughs> But start small. Support the people that you see that they, you know, some they need that support. Uh, oh gosh, I was just watching this movie yesterday, and and this guy was telling another guy. He said that when you don't do something, um, but you've seen that something is wrong, you're just as guilty as the people that did it. You know, that have caused the wrong. So I think it's so important that we begin to learn to light up that activism within us, uh, whether it's you speaking up for yourself or whether it's supporting somebody that you can clearly see needs the support. Okay, that's my little rant for today. I remember when I got into the current job that I have, the first thing I would get was negative energy. And I remember everyone was telling me, you know what, here, no one, you know, uh, gets promoted. Nothing happens. Like, people are, just give up. And, you know, we have this tendency of sometimes we get into a space and we get that negative energy and we let it now, you know, get into us and we are the same people. We move in the same direction. Oh, it's like this. Oh, we move like this. But look at it. I moved the three positions, I know. Everyone keeps asking me, okay, which God did you pray to so that I go face that mountain? The position that I was given was a position that wasn't there. It was created. So it is, anything is possible. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, and you know, I I think what what you've spoken about is also working in excellence, you know, because some people go into spaces and they're just like, I'm just going to do the bare minimum. Uh, and then wait for that paycheck at the end of the month. But you decided that, no, I'm going to work in excellence. Like, yes, I'm going to be a receptionist, but I'll be the best receptionist there ever is. (laughs) (laughs) Even customers would call in and say, you know what? I talked to a lady and she was nice to me. Such things. 
matter and go a long way. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I agree. They do. And it's actually really funny because um, I studied abroad. And when I came back to Zambia, the first job that I got was a receptionist. And you can imagine, like I've got a whole degree, which is from another country, all of this nonsense prestige and all of that. And then I come and start as a receptionist. You know, you got to do what you got to do, but then make the best of the situation and then rise up. Mm. Yes, I agree. It can be even, you, you see, like sometimes you call people to wash your clothes. And there's some people when you wa- you call them the first time, you, you're you like, I'm not going to call them the next time. Because you'll get one excellent person who comes in and knows, okay, this one doesn't look like here. Let me put it here. And they'll come and explain to you. I'm like, don't you think that looks nice, better here than the other? Then you're like, by the way. So they saw something, which is good. So it means they're observant. They're very keen. And trust me, you never know. You might be washing clothes to have an eye. Uh, uh, a HOD of somewhere or something or a boss for <laughs> or someone running a certain company and they and they pick that out and they're like you know what this person can do great I've seen people who do um, what are they called like the tea lady doing their best and getting promoted out of that because of what they do so just don't give the bare minimum doesn't work like that <laughs> Alrighty, thank you, Julia. This has been amazing. So in the Africana woman community, we have a little saying that goes, know your roots, grow your purpose. So I've got some questions for you and I'd love for you to answer them however you'd like. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So question number one, what are you rooted to? Okay. So for me, say I'm rooted, I have four things that I look at that are very important. And it's internal in anything that you do. I think this has been repeated in your <laughs> in your space, but that's always something that stands out for me. Then there's communication. So I'll always communicate. If someone um, comes out to me and I'm feeling like, you know what, um, you're crowding my space or you're doing this and this or you're making my space not comfortable to work in, I'll let you know. Another thing is being courageous. Always be courageous because I've gotten people asking me, like, Julia, I I feel like, where do you get your confidence? And I've noticed people think that you're always confident all through and through. But do you know, Every other person always has that nervous episode before doing something. Everyone is always scared. How is this going to happen? But it all depends on what you <laughs> what you put out there. And it's okay to accept that there's failure and there's the up. <laughs> there's the ups, you know. So appreciate both at the end of the day. And anticipate anything can happen, but forge on what even if things get messed up along the way. And the last thing that I always uh, focus on is networking. Anywhere I go, I try to network as much as possible. So when I had your story, I saw, of course, I went and um, stalked on social media and decided, okay, let me reach out. And I was like, you know what? This will be like those people who will, you know, decide um, and come and say, oh, thank you. And just decide I'm not going to even... (laughs) shut her up but you did you see I took the chance if I did not because I was afraid you will not reply 
this would not have been possible. So those are the things I <laughs> I look up to. Oh goodness, okay. I was having a little laugh to myself. But anyway. <laughs> what are your favorite ways to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul? Mm-hmm. So for me, I guess podcasting is now in my system and I look for good vibes kind of podcasts. Podcasts that I listen to in the morning and I'm all pumped up, you know. And thank you for being in this space because now I've met amazing women who are doing amazing, amazing podcasts and I'm loving it. And do, do you know, sometimes when you get new podcasts and you see you have a couple of episodes to listen to and you're like yeah I still have time yeah that's what I'm doing right now I'm I'm loving it so that's one one of the things that I just get lost into actually when I'm taking a shower (laughs) I have my bluetooth speaker with me listening to a podcast I know and now music of course oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) so it's amazing and then now music as well and then once in a while, I take myself out. I love um, sampling different hotels. Just take myself out, sit down, sip a glass of wine, have nice dinner. And sometimes it's it's taken wrongly because now Julia is single because people think I'm misindependent or, <laughs> you know, I've got all this money. But, you know, I think when you, you're working, it's best to just reward yourself. And, you know, you're telling your body, you know, thank you. You know, you've been doing the most for the whole month of a treat. So that's, those are the so, things that I do. do you know what? We in Africana women, we call that be your own bay. So don't let anybody judge you. Like you have decided that you're going to take yourself out. Why? Because you're on your own bay. It's fine. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically that's it. Yeah, and then do you have a weakness that has now become a superpower? Ah, I overthink sometimes. I remember, you know, I had been in customer care for the longest time. And it was in the sense of being under, <laughs> being behind a phone just saying, uh, thank you for calling us. This is Julia. How can I assist you? And now you've gotten a role where you have to do proposals that have to be signed off and you have to convince people that this will work and they're giving you money for it you know so you have to give value for money at the end of the day and I remember I would start writing and it would take me almost a week because I'm trying for it to be so perfect you know these are the benefits these are the objectives this are you know and I would take it to my boss and she'd be like oh this is nice But before I take it to her, I'm like, no, I don't think this is enough. Maybe I should add something here. No, maybe, okay, this one, no. And sometimes it it ends up being so long. And then I I take it to her and she's like, you know what, Julia? Here to here, this is perfect. And I'm like, why why do I just sometimes become too hard on myself? Like I can beat myself up a lot. (laughs) And I think I'm learning now that um, out of the positive feedback I'm getting, like, you know, Julia, this is amazing. Because out of the overthinking sometimes, I end up doing, going, you know, over the top, (laughs) which ends up being awesome. If I'm doing an event, you know, 
I'll do my level best at the at the end of the day. So with that, I get positive comments from my bosses. And recently we got an email from a friend to my boss who sent him an email telling him uh, whatever is happening on our pages is amazing. And, you know, when you get such, I don't you're just elated. So at the end of the day, you're like, okay, someone is seeing what you're doing. So I guess I need to stop being hard on myself. So what do you know as a certainty? Mm-hmm. Just start. Always start. Ooh. I remember <laughs> I remember when I was starting my podcast, I was so afraid. Of course, I was listening to Adele <laughs> and I loved her podcast and episodes. And for her, you know, she was a renowned um person before she started a podcast uh she was on radio and everything so of course I'm telling myself "Mm, I'll start this and no one will listen because of course I'm not known and then you know the fear of unknown and what am I going to talk about you know um am I you know what what else what else will I share will people enjoy whatever episodes I put out, you ask yourselves too many questions. But, and I remember, I think I paused for almost four weeks without putting up a content. And they could get my friends calling me, Julia, what is your problem? Can you put up a pod? When is the next podcast? If you don't have content, interview me. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll do it. So all I believe in is always start. You never know. My podcast is not... Like, I'm not getting anything out of it right now, but I enjoy it. It's my space. It's my space where I get to listen to other people's stories. It's my space where I get to vent. It's just amazing. So that's all that matters. And enjoying, I enjoy doing the episodes, editing them, you know, and I know every other day I'm learning something new. Yesterday I didn't know this. Today I I have learned something new. There's another app that can put this music. So of course, content creation is not easy. Sometimes you'll have to pull it out from here, put it here, add something, bring it back. <laughs> but you learn patience at the end of the day. Someday, uh, sometimes, sorry, you do content, you delete by mistake. So it's a learning experience and I love it. So always start. Don't just risk it all. And if you fail, change course and try something else. There's always something. <laughs> Amazing, amazing, amazing advice. So Julia, where can people find you? How can they find your podcast? And, you know, what can we expect from you? I don't know, going forward. All right. Um, So I'll start with the social media handle. So on Instagram, I'm at Julia Award One. On Facebook, I have a page which is Julia Award One, but also my personal page, Award Ayako. And then on Twitter, it's Julia Award One. Of course, I know Chulu is going to share in case someone misses out. (laughs) And then for my podcast, uh, my podcast is just being real, good vibes only podcast. And this is where we appreciate the ups and downs of life you know, uh, because I believe if at all, I never went through the things I went through, like even going through single motherhood and everything and thriving, then I wouldn't be here. (laughs) I wouldn't be pushing myself to this level. So it's important as much as 
you get to fail because most people uh, focus on the failing bit and forget the nitty gritties, you know, the positives that come out of it. It's important to identify them and celebrate them every single day. So my podcast can be found on CastBox, Spotify, can be found on Google Podcasts, name them, Jamid, yes. <laughs> You know what? It has been lovely to listen to your story. And I know we're going, we still have some other stories that we can talk about later, but A lot. <laughs> um, I'm just very grateful that you took the time to come and be on the podcast. And I know we're going to be seeing a lot more of you. So I'm very excited. Thank you so much. Okay. Of course. And you had asked about the future. Yeah, more things are coming when it comes to podcasting. And now we have Chulu and amazing women in Africa who are podcasting. I'm learning a lot, especially to listening to all their platforms and everything. Oh, my goodness. I just really appreciate it. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Hmm. Queen, the village. Yeah. Sure, you are keyboard warriors. This is standing online, and yet when it comes to taking action, eh, you are nowhere to be seen. No wonder talked about fence sitters taking a side. Well, from this story, I have to add that keyboard warriors should come out from behind their screens and join the action. You are needed on these streets. Please stop letting a few brave people be martyrs for something that is going to benefit you all. For the women who are standing up for what they believe in, please do not lose heart. I know that it's hard and I hope that more people will stand beside you in your fight. I really do believe the ocean started with one drop. You may not see the true impact of the work you are doing in your lifetime, but the ripple effect will stretch through generations. Please find Julia on social media at JuliaAwar1. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. Thank you, dear listener, for making us part of your day by listening in. I truly appreciate you. If you like this episode, please do share it with a friend or on your socials. And you can find me on Instagram at Chulu by Design. Say hello. I always respond. Until next week, I want you to remember, know your roots, grow your purpose. This has been a production of Orlando Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.olendocreative.com.